This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Wednesday, December 18th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Alley. Here's today's headlines. Senate next for funding and tax deals. Surprising unity on trade. Biodiesel gets some security and biotech labeling is back. Congress ending on a pretty good note. The House impeachment debate will dominate Capitol Hill today, but Congress is already close to clearing some big items off its 2019 to-do list. A pair of massive fiscal 20 spending bills with broad implications for agriculture have one more stop in the Senate before heading to President Trump for his signature by the end of the week. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell of Kentucky said, We're ending on a pretty good note here, despite all the challenges swirling around both the House and the Senate these days. Just the facts? Well, those two spending bills, plus the explanatory statements, total more than 3,800 pages. You can read about the House-passed spending bills and an accompanying tax package that extends the biodiesel tax credit at agripulse.com. USMCA ready for House vote tomorrow. Who knew that trade policy could be so bipartisan? Members of the House Ways and Men's Committee united yesterday to approve the U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade agreement. With the exception of one Democrat, that New Jersey Representative Bill Passrell of New Jersey, uh, the committee overwhelmingly agreed to send the new North American Trade Pact to a full vote tomorrow. Some senators have been expressing concerns over USMCA and the fact that they will not be able to suggest alterations to the pact, but they are widely expected to approve the trade deal when they come back from the holiday recess early next year. Texas Representative Kevin Brady, the top Republican on the committee, said USMCA brings our trading rules into the 21st century and will be a force multiplier for America's already strong economy. Now keep in mind, The level of Democratic support for USMCA is remarkable given the usual partial splits over trade policy and NAFTA in particular. Campaign note, Vilsack to stump with Biden. Former Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack will join former Vice President Joe Biden for a series of campaign stops around rural Iowa this weekend. Biden will lay out his vision for America and listen to voters' concerns and ideas around restoring the soul of the nation, rebuilding the middle class, and unifying the country. That according to the Biden campaign. Biodiesel industry celebrates when awaits EPA. No one will be a bigger winner in the pre-Christmas rush on Capitol Hill than biodiesel producers. The FY20 domestic spending package the House passed Tuesday would not only revive the industry's dollar-a-gallon tax credit, retroactive for 2018-19, and but also extend it through 2022. The package that was included in the spending bill was held up for weeks over Democrats' demands for broader tax measures than Republicans opposed. In the end, Democrats got, among other things, a one-year extension of the production tax credit for wind power. Now, keep in mind, renewal of the biodiesel credit had support from major refiners, including industry giant Valero, that are producers and users of the product. They frequently clash with the biofuel industry over other issues. So what's next? Biodiesel producers are pessimistic that EPA will increase the 2020 biodiesel blending targets in a final rule that could be released before the end of the week. We're an industry that has capacity well above 3 billion gallons, and yet 
they are proposing volumes to remain flat at 2.43 billion, according to National Biodiesel Board's Kurt Kavarik. EPA must issue yearly targets for how much biofuel will be blended into the nation's fuel supply. In July, EPA proposed to maintain the biomass-based diesel volumes at 2.43 billion gallons for 2021, which was the same it finalized in 2020 volumes. Port inspectors get boost in national security bill. The pork industry is welcoming Hass' passage of the FY20 national security spending package, which includes $19.6 million in funding for 610 additional U.S. Customs and Border Protection officers and agriculture specialists at U.S. ports of entry. The National Pork Producers Council requested funding for 600 additional agriculture inspectors to combat the threat of African swine fever which has devastated China's pork production. An explanatory statement that accompanies the spending bill also urges CBP to use fee revenue to hire up to 1,200 CBP officers at 240 agriculture specialists during FY20. Salmon labeling rule worries industry. The Baltic industry is slamming a provision in the domestic spending package that would require gene-altered salmon to be labeled as genetically engineered, something that isn't required of other foods. The provision, inserted by Senator Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, prevents the salmon from being treated like other foods under a 2016 law that allows companies to disclose biotech ingredients through smartphone codes rather than on packaging. Jim Greenwood, president and CEO of the Biotechnology Information Organization, said if Congress allows their own policies to be undermined, predictability in the system will suffer, as will investment, innovation, and small business success. Now keep in mind, biotech salmon has been a special issue on the biotech labeling bills, in part because of Murkowski's role as senior Republican on the Senate Appropriations Committee. The developer of the Aqua Advantage Salmon, Aqua Bounty Technologies, is a bio member. Dismal USDA ranking raises concerns. A key lawmaker is worried that USDA's low morale will do permanent damage to the department. USDA was ranked next to last among large government agencies in the annual Best Places to Work in the Federal Government Survey released by the Partnership for Public Service. The department's engagement score, which is based on responses to three different questions in the Office of Personnel Management's annual survey of job satisfaction, dropped to 56.5. That's its lowest level since 2013. On specific issues, USDA was consistently ranked in the bottom half of 16 large agencies, placing dead last in the category measuring effective leadership by senior leaders. These findings demonstrate the toll the department's misguided decisions are taking on dedicated civil servants, said Representative Marsha Fudge, a Democrat from Ohio who chairs the House Agriculture Subcommittee overseeing USDA operations. Here's today's She Said It. As a female producer, I don't want a seat at a special table. I want a seat at the same table as everyone else. That Kim LaFleur, Massachusetts cranberry producer at a House Agriculture Subcommittee hearing yesterday on USDA conservation programs and historically underserved producers. LaFleur said direct outreach is needed to help bring young women into farming. In Massachusetts, 65% of FFA members are female. 
there is a generation of young women who are wanting to have a career in production agriculture but lack the financial and technical resources to do so, she said. Well, that's Daybreak for this Wednesday, December 18th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Nelly.